What is going on, you beautiful braggadocious bastards? Welcome to this week's episode of Total Pod Mode. My name is James, also known as Mr. Bames, and I'm joined, as always, by the wondrous Will, also known as Hoodafunk. Good to be here, man. Glad to be back with you for another week. How's it going? You alright? Uh, you know, I'm tired. <laughs> that is not the vibe that we need to be carrying into this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, the hype of being on the podcast always brings the energy up, so... Got a second win now. I mean, as soon as we stop recording, I'll probably collapse, but that's fine. I won't be recording by then, so hopefully no one will know. Yeah, when you're off the clock, you can you can pass out in your own time. In whatever fluids I want to. <laughs> fluids of my choice, whether they be yeah. my own, someone else's. Yeah, you know. Undisclosed. <laughs> Depends on the day, right? That's nasty. Yeah. How about you? You well? Yeah, man, I'm all good. Yeah, no, uh, likewise, I'm, I'm looking forward to cracking on this episode. Uh, don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but uh, it's been a good week for Mass Effect this week. Uh, Tasty. Fun streaming that, so uh, yeah, yeah, looking forward to the Completionist Corner. Well, without further ado then, mate, let's crack on with the socials, then we can get to it. You can, as always, find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcast from by searching for Total Pod Mode. We also post regular video content of our playthrough stream highlights as well as the podcast on our YouTube channel, Total Pod Mode. You can also find us on Twitter by searching for at Total Pod Mode, all one word. Or you can find me on Twitter at MrBames, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash MrBames underscore TPM. And you can find me at Hoodafunk on Twitter, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Hoodafunk. With all that said and done, catch up time! So, Will, what have you been up to this week, man? Have you been continuing any adventures? Have you been doing some new stuff? Tell all. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that, actually. And, and most of my gaming this week, I didn't get as much time playing as I'd have hoped. But on the back of our conversation last week about Smash Bros and the fact that I hadn't really dipped my toes into any of the single-player content, I decided, hey, why not? Let's give it a go. Nice, nice. This week, I dived in to the uh, adventure mode slash spirits mode slash something about light mode. What the f- are you talking about? I think uh, it's called World of Light is the is the actual name for it. Maybe. Don't quote Sounds me Sounds like that. the sort of Nintendo bollocks they'd call it, yeah. <laughs> and uh, essentially, it kind of, uh, we spoke about this a little bit last week, but I'll go into a little bit more detail now. The adventure begins with the entire lineup of the Smash Bros cast standing there ready to face down what appears to be a bunch of those white master gloves, those master hands that, if anyone's familiar with the Smash Bros series, they'll remember that being somewhat akin to one of the final bosses just like a, a giant hand that you had to fight but essentially these hands are being led by this evil force called gellum i believe is that the one that looks like a back tattoo yeah that's right yeah, yeah the kind of yeah, like yeah, the red cool. and blue back tattoo guy yeah. yeah it looks like one of those angels from the old testament <laughs> sort of thing it's yeah it's kind of all sorts of abstract shapes and yeah. things like that yeah nice and essentially, that is a dark force that ultimately defeats all of the cast. However, Kirby is able to escape on his little golden star. He's able to outrun the kind of all-consuming beam that uh, that Gellum essentially emits. Special beam cannon! So Kirby then sets out on an adventure to rescue his buddies. And what happens in the meantime is that the world is essentially born anew. Uh, there's all sorts of crazy stuff going on on the map. It's very mixed. You've got one side, you've got like a race course. One side, you've got a military base. Another side, you've got giant mushroom stepping stones and kind of like a, a fancy valley and things. 
you can tell it's a real mishmash of all the different genres that Nintendo has spanned across in terms of their games over the years. It sounds like all the stages have um, gone into a black hole and sort of mushed together and been popped back out or something. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a pretty good description of it, actually. Yeah, so there's you can imagine there's quite a few different biomes, I guess, if you want to call yeah. them that. Uh, so you start out on square one, and it kind of looks a little bit like a board game. You have a, a singular path that you can follow, which eventually does branch out into different paths. Uh, essentially, all of the people that were destroyed have become these kind of disembodied spirits that are floating around. And in the meantime, Gellum has actually created kind of carbon copy puppets of all of the heroes. And then weirdly, he's put the spirits of the heroes that were defeated back into the puppets. Fair. And then this sort of, it goes, then you beat them up and then they free them from the puppet or something like that. Is that right? And then you can unlock them to use that sort of deal? Yeah, pretty much. There's essentially spirits that serve as kind of cards that you unlock. It's it's very strange, but you can unlock a spirit now and that will do something like increase your throwing power or increase your fire power or increase your magic resistance or something like yeah. that. Uh, and you have like a primary spirit and then amongst those you also have secondary spirits which are again sort of lesser perks for your character but you're essentially kind of like creating a class for your hero so for kirby initially you might have something that increases uh the amount of jumps that you can do or increases your jump height and then you can also add additional abilities like uh it means that you'll start with a certain weapon at the beginning yeah. of the match and the spirits were all represented by, I guess, kind of like lesser characters from all of the series that have spanned. Uh, so Otacon from the Metal Gear Solid series is actually a okay. spirit in the game. Uh, Gian from the Bayonetta series is another spirit in the game. So they're kind of, yeah, they're secondary characters in the game that don't really appear, never quite made it onto the Smash Bros. roster. I was going to say, you can't unlock them to use, right? You can't unlock them to fight with, no. Unfortunately, it doesn't extend your roster past the kind of, the standard roster that you've got once you've fully unlocked everyone. Yeah, not that you'd want to fight with Otacon, right? He's a bit of a... <laughs> not a fighter should we say not really no he piss on you maybe he doesn't do well in a combat situation <laughs> uh so in terms of uh the once you've actually got going on your adventure as i said certain paths branch out there are also certain ways which you won't be able to go yet because for instance you will need to change the size of the mushrooms to make you be able to cross the path or you need to hack a door and to do that you will need to progress further on down the various paths unlock the character that can then go back i assume that if i have a door that needs hacking it's probably going to be samus from the metro yeah. prime series right or could well be snake, snake yeah. you know it could be someone like that so in terms of characters that i've unlocked it's been kirby and mario so far which has worked out well for me because he's a character that i probably know the best out of all of the smash characters sorry mario or kirby is that mario that is mario, yeah okay, right. yeah and kirby is is a pretty good character as well to have to begin with yeah I love me some Kirby. I think uh, the 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 thing about Kirby as well is he's, he's too cute to die. They couldn't yeah. kill Kirby off in that cutscene. You see everyone else get vaporized. They weren't about to kill Kirby. I'm sure you can make a suck and blow joke here as well. See the reason they don't want to kill Kirby? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you familiar with the release trailer that Nintendo did for, I think it's, is it Kazuya? Is it like Jin's brother or something? Or Jin's Kazuya dad? Kazuya is from, Jin's dad. Yeah. yeah, right, from the second series. So I'm pretty sure Kazuya is in Smash Bros as one of the DLC characters. Really? You are. Oh, if you haven't seen it, you have oh, to dude, watch his, uh, you have to watch his announcement video for Smash. A lot of these have a, you know, pretty 
quite a lot of humor based around them and yeah. uh, it, it's really worth watching it's quite funny you know the sort of the classic scene that you've seen a million times in the Tekken thing with Kazuya sort of like carrying the dude off the cliff I think I've seen this doesn't he like drop someone into a volcano like he does with um, Heihachi's body that's at the end of one exactly of them, right but then like exactly right. Mario or Yoshi jumps out or something like that it's Kirby it's Kirby, it's Kirby. he drops yeah, Kirby yeah. into the thing and then he walks off really solemnly and then Kirby just yeah, that rings a bell. That was, uh... Kirby seems to be like the ultimate survivor slash most powerful person in the Nintendo gamut of characters. It seems to be. You don't f*** with Kirby. Yeah, well, clearly not. Yeah, he's, he's the ultimate fighter. Exactly. So, you know, I've just been enjoying that mode, really. Mucking around in yeah. it. The games are typically quite short. Um, the other part, so once you've obviously unlocked enough spirit cards, you'll eventually get to a boss fight and you actually get to unlock the character themselves. And, and just quickly, with this game mode, is it sort of all fighting or do you have like stages that you need to like jump over walls, platforming almost? I can't speak for the entirety of it, but I haven't come across that yet, which is a little bit disappointing, i got to say. Well, fingers crossed they'll come because they're normally in that sort of adventure mode type thing. There's normally a mish, mishmash of everything, right? So I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, hopefully you'll get there. The fights that you do have to go against, they all have sort of modifiers against them. So uh, a character will, for instance, favour their side smash or their down smash or the floor will be lava or the floor will be sticky so that you can't jump very high or move very fast when you're on it. So there's there's various modifiers and things like that, but it feels more like kind of like a bonus extra mode as opposed to something that's had some real effort put into it. And so what you've mentioned there seems like it'll get stale quite quickly. It's just fight after fight after fight, really. Yeah. And a lot of them you're fighting even multiple enemies, but they're not all necessarily... Actually, uh, so one cool thing I will say is that you do get to fight some things that aren't on your typical roster of things to fight. So I have fought some enemies that... You could say they're more like spirit summons by the right. uh, AI. And I think they're actually called spirit summons. Uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that might actually be what they're called in that. But yeah, uh, yeah so you do actually get to fight some uh, things that you don't typically get to fight. And they have their own movesets, it appears to me right. so far. Better than just uh, doing random stage fights against the roster, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it adds a little bit of extra flavor when you're fighting something that you're not typically used to fighting and you wouldn't get a chance to do, uh, it seems to me, in any other mode. Yeah, that's cool. And hopefully because of the way you unlock characters in this you might get to use some characters that you might not have used particularly in the past and who knows you might find some new favorites in there so maybe we revisit this in another week and hear about how you've unlocked Mewtwo and Mewtwo is your new favorite character and <laughs> You've definitely got a point there. I think the way that it forces you to play as these characters, it will probably, you know, uh, give me that opportunity to try yeah. out some ones that I perhaps wouldn't have beforehand. Nice. But, I mean, other than that, man, uh, like I said, I didn't really uh, do much else this week in terms of gaming, so uh, on to you. Fair play. Well, the vast majority of my time has been Mass Effect. Similarly, I haven't played too much this week. You managed to put any time into Andromeda? Or uh, no, 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 primarily no. the first Mass Effect? Yes, yeah, so as soon as I could move back to Legendary Edition, it was a very easy... <laughs> you back onto it? Unfortunately, uh, for Andromeda. Andromeda? What? Who? Yeah. <laughs> you scratched my itch nicely, Andromeda, but uh, I'm now back to the real s***, so... But no, so I, I've played another couple of games, but neither for a particularly long time. Right, okay. I've completed both of these games before in the past that I'm going to talk about, but the first one is a game called Nine Monkeys of Shaolin. Right, which is a game that I've not heard of at all. Interesting name. The very, very, very basic premise is that you're a fisherman, your village gets attacked by this group called the Woku, and you survive and the whole rest of your village gets burnt and stuff. You get found by these um, Buddhist monks. They take you in, patch you up and whatnot, and you go, you do like 
various tasks with them and fight and stuff they like the cut of your jib they like your combat and stuff like that Mm. and eventually you get brought on as one of the shaolin monks and you sort of you go across you do like missions basically this game is a a side scroller beat-em-up type jobby oh okay what's your weapon of choice as a you have to have a staff you have to have a user staff. staff. Cool, cool. But you can you unlock different weapons, and they can change. That you get like different passives with it. So the default weapon um, stuns enemies when you get critical hit them. But there's one that you can unlock where if you use a chi ability, it gives you health back. For example, not enough games have a staff as your primary weapon. I think that I agree, that's kind of and like I do like it's a quite staff. an underutilized weapon. The the only game that really really comes to the forefront of my mind when I think about that is Enslaved, this sort of action adventure beat 'em up game where you uh, play as a character called Monkey, voiced by yeah, Andy Circus, the guy who did Gollum. And uh, that was a pretty, yeah, pretty cool kind of set piece action focused game with a few stealth elements, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. I never finished it, but it was fun. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely the sort of game that you could sort of complete over a weekend and, uh, you know, oh, yeah. have a fun time with. But other than that, uh, no, not too many staff games out there. So, you know, and, and this one, is is there any alternate weapons, secondary weapons, or is this just full-on staff combat? It's staff, but it's also, like, kicks, some flippy oh, yeah. stuff. And you get other abilities to sort of um, correlate really nicely with it. When you get a bit further in, you can unlock special powers there whereby you might stomp the ground and all of the enemies within a certain radius go up in the air and they're sort of suspended in the air for mm. a number of seconds, depending on you how much... You get aerial combos in this? Yeah, uh, well, ish, right? You can you can juggle people, but you don't. it's not like you jump in the air, do a bunch of stuff, and then come back down. You oh, just right, sort okay. of... You can launch off with your kick combo, which puts you in the air, and you can then combine it with some other stuff and... Okay, so it, kind of, it works yeah, it nicely, like it yeah. but it's not its not like you control when you jump in the air and do an uppercut and then a kick or something. It's like you can use various combinations of your abilities, powers, and basic combat moves to give you some cool-looking stuff. So it does work quite nicely like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, not all games need to take the completely sort of freeform, affro- exactly. freeform approach, but as long as you've got a launcher into a combo, that's, that's fine by me. Sounds and cool. And you can do that um, in multiple different ways so Mm. it it works quite nicely but yeah it's a good fun game i have finished it before as i say i completed it with a friend and i also completed it on xbox bought it on pc again because it was on sale for something like three or four pounds and it's a steal for that price it's really good fun it's quite challenging as well particularly on the harder difficulty settings and what about the art style because uh you know typically whenever i think of these i always think the games that are side scrollers these days tend to come accompanied with a certain kind of fancy art style so is this 3d models is this 2d cartoon style what's going on it is 3d models it's kind of somewhere between have you played Ashen? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's somewhere between Ashen and Borderlands. It's not cell shaded. Okay. But there aren't really faces like in Ashen. So it's sort of that sort of... It almost looks like it's been watercolored, but on 3D models. Right. And then with a cell shaded edge, thick black lines or... Not really, no. Oh, it's no? Just, That's what it's I just, think of when I think of Borderlands. It's more the color palette. Okay, okay, cool. You see what I mean? Yeah. Um, not to say that it's all brown and, <laughs> and rust and stuff, <laughs> but... Uh, it's a lot of similar colours with the reds, the greens and things like that, in in my mind anyway. But Ashen's probably the most like-for-like art style, I'd say, if you want to say that. Ashen, but with the contrast dialed up to 11. Yeah, basically. But no, very good fun game. It's, it's one of the games, I feel like I'm saying this a lot recently, but it's one of those games I'll have and I can just pick it up because I finished it a couple of times. I can just pick mm. it up when I fancy it and just sort of crack through. I wonder if that's on the Switch. It sounds like a good game to pick up on the Switch. Uh, I do not know if it's on the Switch, but it would be an excellent game to play on the switch i agree 
my second game is on the Switch and actually is one of oh. the reasons why I've been playing it. Um, so the other game I played oh, okay. is is Risen. And the reason I played this is because... And, th- and look how lovely we are to you listeners, right? This is sort of like a... Almost like a news story outside of the news that we're doing here for you. Bonus content, baby! But um, Piranha Bytes, the developers of Risen, have just recently ported Risen onto last gen. So Xbox One, PS4 and Switch. Okay, and okay. Alongside this, they also patched the PC version quite heavily, fixing bugs, making it available to run native 4K and things like that. Is it not patched for PlayStation 5? Like, you said last gen. Have they just not bothered with PS5 and the Xbox series? Not that I read, but that doesn't mean that it won't be there, particularly with Xbox where everything's backwards compatible anyway. Right, oh yeah, yeah, with Xbox you'd assume so, yeah. Could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that those are the three I read, that it was last gen, but could well be on current gen as well. But, you know, they sort of patched it, they fixed a bunch of bugs, and one of the reasons I stopped playing it on PC, not originally because I have completed it on PC back in the day, but um, when I first got the PC a couple of years ago, was because there was a bug that made the game almost unplayable, whereby if you jump up and grab a ledge and you pull yourself up it, the camera would just face vertically up at the ceiling and you couldn't do anything. Oh, okay. And this was like a right. known bug. And I've played hour and a half, maybe two hours of Risen, and I have climbed up a few ledges and it seems to be fixed. So, <laughs> okay. if, so if that's all good, then... good things. Exactly. So if, that, if that's the case, then I can crack on, finish Risen, uh, and that might give me the impetus to finish Risen 2, which is on my list of games that I need to finish. So yeah, finished Risen before, as I say, very, very good game. It's just this sort of bog-standard RPG, um, similar to the Gothic series, because it kind of followed the Gothic series, which is also made by Piranha Bytes. Right. Basically, nameless hero, you get washed up on a beach because your ship gets wrecked, and then adventures ensue. It still controls really nice. Uh, the combat's very is you know for, for its time it's fluid it's good fun i'd recommend it to anyone that likes an rpg and how does the combat sort of function in this game is it uh souls like is it turn-based i guess you'd call it hack and slash to a degree but basically it, using mouse and keyboard left click is attack hold right click to block space bar you can sort of do a dodge in any direction but it's not like a roll or anything like that right. all in real time you can have multiple enemies attacking you at the same time so it's, it's quite brutal at points but once you get the knack for it it's it's okay some things are challenging but it's a piranha bites game if you've played them before you you'll know the deal the leveling up system's very very weird <laughs> like you can only you can level up but you can only upgrade your stats through trainers oh you don't unlock all the trainers at once and a lot of the trainers are locked behind what faction you choose and uh, all of this uh, anyone that's played the gothic series before is just like nodding like yeah all right. Okay. <laughs> no, exactly what you're talking about there, bro. The gothic people are loving this. Everyone else yeah. is just scratching their heads. <laughs> like I say, if, if you like uh, Piranha Bytes RPGs, then you know what I'm saying. But don't. It, it's difficult to get your head around a little bit, but once you're in it, it's really good. It's really satisfying. And once you actually pick your uh, allegiance, if you like, and go down your path, and it's, it's wonderful. So, yeah, looking forward to playing that. And hopefully no bugs because they patched them out. So good times. Nice one, man. Well, yeah, no, I you enjoy it so now that we're all caught up i think without further ado and without any delays or dallying we move on to the news so our first news story this week as listeners and viewers may be aware the xbox developer direct took place on the 25th of january and uh i didn't personally catch this myself did you see it here no i didn't no i wasn't keeping up with the developer direct the sort of 
high-profile announcements that came out of it were um, the announcements of Minecraft Legends and a new Forza game. And there was also a surprise announcement, uh, a game called Hi-Fi Rush. I was just thinking Minecraft Legends already existed, but I think I'm thinking of Minecraft Dungeons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, Minecraft Legends is like Apex Legends, but Minecraft, that's what I've heard. Liar! No, you're bullshit. No, I am bullshit. Oh, I was about to fucking yeah. say, imagine <laughs> Minecraft BRs. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it literally could be. I, I really don't know. <laughs> it's probably already a thing. There's no doubt there's a BR Minecraft server. No, absolutely. There, there'll be some nonsense like that. So yeah, great times if you've got an Xbox and, uh, you know, into all that stuff. Obviously, the, ironically, today I just cancelled my Xbox uh, Games Pass Ultimate, but hey, that's <laughs> good to know that I won't get these games on day one now. Good timing. Hey, yeah. So no, good times for all of those people who are looking forward to those games but uh the sort of interesting thing also coming out of the microsoft camp is that they've also announced a second major game showcase for 2023 and whenabouts is that taking place well i'm glad you asked will it is taking place <laughs> in the summer we're gonna get a summer showcase baby yay and maybe we get uh some more actual higher profile <laughs> announcements i mean i don't <laughs> mean to chat too much breeze on uh forza i know that uh, series is well loved but uh absolutely Hi-Fi Rush, though, that's got me intrigued. A fighting game that has rhythm elements, I think that that's definitely something to watch. Uh, that's It sounds like a, a gimmick, but a I cool gimmick say. that I would absolutely like to check out. I um and I particularly like it when they sort of implement music into games and uh, yeah. you know even just when like the soundtrack matches what you're doing I love so if we're gonna have yeah. sort of Devil May Cry fighting with music that actually follows the tempo of the battle count me in sounds intriguing man and it looks nice and bright and sort of garishly colourful and it's Bethesda so it'll probably be decent so also coming out of this I know it's almost like three news stories in one this we, we're really <laughs> spoiling you today but also coming out of this. Uh, is we've also got a glimpse of an Xbox roadmap for games coming in 2023 and beyond. So, I do not know if you've had a chance to have a brief look at this, Will, but just in case you haven't, for 2023, we've got Hi-Fi Rush, Age of Empires 2 Xbox console version, uh, we've got Ghostwire, okay. we've got Minecraft Legends, Redfall, Forza, Arrow History Untold, Starfield, Age of Empires 4, for Xbox console edition, and of course, GoldenEye 007 from the old N64 game. They've brought that to Xbox Games Pass, baby. That's a thing Oh, damn. Now. That's really, yeah. really cool. That is really cool, isn't it? And again, on the day that I've cancelled my subscription, I've still got it for another 15 days or something, but uh, I've got the original, so I probably won't bother. But going back to the roadmap, outside of 2023, you've got State of Decay 3, Outer Worlds 2. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, that's a game that actually... There is a lot in the first game that was fantastic. There was a hell of a lot that really needed some serious improving, and I just hope they're taking a lot of the the feedback on that and made the worlds a lot more immersive. But I've definitely got ears for uh, Outer Worlds 2. What about you? Kind of off the back of what you just said there, I played Outer Worlds 1, and for about 10, 15 hours, I really enjoyed it. Fell completely off a cliff. I haven't touched it since. Right, okay. I don't know what it was. It wasn't necessarily I was bored of the story or anything like that. I think it's, as you say, the world wasn't too immersive. Everything's just static, basically. The entire environments are completely static and lack any sort of real destruction to them. That was, for me, the the biggest thing, really, that uh, the Outer Worlds lacked, as well as the combat just being not so great. I probably would suggest that the Fallout 4 combat is, is better. Perhaps not in terms of the melee weapons, but the shooting and the gunplay, for sure. 
in my opinion. I don't remember it well enough, to be honest with you. I don't remember having a problem with the combat, but I don't recall it well enough to counter your argument there. I think it's probably a very fair criticism. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's just not good. But it's not great. Yeah. We've got Hellblade 2. I don't know if you've ever played uh, Senua's... I never did play Hellblade the first 1. one. No? I, I played a little bit of it because it was on Games Pass. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. But it doesn't really move the needle for me that much, personally. The Fable remake, though. That's something, that is, that's something I'm very excited for. Yeah. <laughs> Elder Scrolls 6 is on here, obviously. Age of Mythology retold, which I'm so here for. I fucking loved Age of Mythology. And Kojima Productions' untitled Xbox project is also on the road. There we so, go. That's the yeah, real one that I'm looking forward to. Exactly. So, uh, you know, and there's others. There's Avowed, there's Contraband, Indiana Jones, a new Gears game, things like that. But this is all on the upcoming section so post 2023 is all yeah right no years to attached to any of this okay <laughs> there's some cool games on here i don't know if any of the games other than the outer worlds we discussed there a bit briefly are really jumping out for you obviously the kojima productions one yeah uh perfect dark i mean is another series that um i touched on uh, a little bit and actually i i weirdly played the most of as part of the rare replay collection but i had a great yeah. time with and i completely understood why people enjoyed that game so much unpopular opinion perfect dark on n64 was better than goldeneye absolute blasphemy oh really oh Fight you you're gonna rustle some jimmies there james yeah i just preferred the campaign and i preferred the hub world you know i do appreciate i'm in the minority there but hey fight me fight me in the comments i don't <laughs> care cool so no exciting times we look forward to seeing some of those titles our second news story is slightly more depressing i suppose depending on who you are um but if you're a fan of the uncharted series then my deepest condolences because naughty dog have confirmed that nathan drake's adventures are over there will not be any more Uncharted games. For a while, they kind of defined that genre and had a lot of sort of, you know, copies and imitations, things like uh, Tomb Raider, the the sort of reinvigorated Tomb Raider series, yeah. which was at the time genre defining, then sort of came around and ended up copying Uncharted in terms of a lot of the control aspects and the sort of the combination of uh, stealth shooting, platforming, and the way that all ran together quite fluidly. As well as like, you know, split up by really massive set pieces where you're getting blown out of airplanes or put into all sorts of dangerous climbing up a bus over a hill or whatever <laughs> well, I like your combination then that was really like so you get blown out of plane or you're on a bus up a hill. Yeah. <laughs> mountain i think is more appropriate yeah but probably like a bus reason. coming off of a mountainside or something yeah, like that i'm just gonna but... roll with it hill <laughs> Fuck it. nice summer's day no no threats whatsoever it's fine. Lovely day. I don't think that they really needed to sort of carry that series on for as long as it went sort of thing. They are very good, well-told stories, but I think that this was sort of a series that they could have been done with a title or two ago, uh, and they were probably, you know, sort of dragging out in terms of the interest that it was bound to generate. A lot of the people that I've spoken to that are fans of this series, they're, they're definitely not too upset, and they kind of saw this as they thought they were kind of done with Uncharted already, given the uh, way that Nathan Drake ended up. Hey, I can't comment because I've not played any of them. But uh, it's potentially not all bad news coming out of Naughty Dog, although not necessarily good news, kind of doubt. Kind of a bit of uh, non-committalness, <laughs> if you like. What? That's not a word, but still, we'll roll with it. Naughty Dog have also said that despite the current HBO series of The Last of Us having a strong start and the games obviously being massively popular, they've stated that they'll only continue with a part three of The Last of Us if they come up with a compelling story that warrants telling. Because in their opinion, The Last of Us 2 ended really strongly. And the series could end there and, you know, be a job well done. 
Now I've, again, I've not played either of these. I know you have and you finished both of them. Do you A, agree that it could finish on two and that would be a lovely end to it? And B, are you up for a part three if that's the direction they go in? This is quite a hard question for me to answer because in a lot of ways, I think that honestly, they could have finished on Last of Us 1. And although I enjoyed Last of Us 2, I had a great time playing it and I, I rate it very highly as a game. In my mind, I'm thinking, did it justify itself existing, essentially, based on everything that was covered in it? And, and given the tone of the game, it's hard for me to say yes, even though I had such a great time playing it. And they obviously progressed in terms of a lot, you know, some of the gameplay mechanics in terms of dodging and moving yeah. around. It's it's the game I would rather go back and play now because it controls so much better and, uh, you know, it feels a bit more freeform in terms of what you can do. You know, but I, I do think that uh, they could have finished it with one. They didn't. They did two. So it's hard for me to say whether they should or shouldn't do a three because I don't even really know whether they should have done the second one. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing how it ends, I can't necessarily disagree with you. It was quite a nice ending. But uh, I know enough people that f***ing love two that I can't sit here in good conscience and say, yeah, yeah, they should have done that. But no, so... A lot of non-committal comments here from Naughty Dog. Um, I guess watch this space. Honestly, it will probably also be dependent on how well the series does. You know, there might be a good business opportunity there that they can't turn down. But hopefully creativity wins the battle and we only get something if it's worth telling, as they've said there. So moving on to our third and final news story. And an interesting one given something we reported a few weeks ago. But uh, Ubisoft is working on two new Far Cry games. We're getting Ooh, Far Cry 7 and a multiplayer title of some description now. This is very interesting news given the recent developments in terms of Ubisoft cancelling a bunch of games and delaying Skull and Bones even more. And They're breaking the Far Cry emergency button that they yeah. have to do every so often. I was going to say, I, I think that's exactly what they're doing here. I think <laughs> with, with... They've got two buttons. There's Assassin's Creed and Far Cry. Exactly. And they just alternate. <laughs> <laughs> I should say, sorry, there's, there's a third button to the side. It's much smaller and it has a plastic thing over it that says Splinter Cell Remaster Remake. Yeah. And uh, that's, the, that's the final one when everything goes down. Is that the one that's online. gathering dust? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's gathering dust <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. No one's even considered pressing that one in a while. Oh, jeez, yeah. But no, this strikes me as a, a desperate move, honestly, because consumer confidence is as low as it's ever been. Shareholder confidence is as low as it's ever been. Obviously, their stocks have gone to shit, as we reported a couple of weeks ago. And Far Cry is a very popular franchise of theirs, but... I mean, is the world clamoring for Far Cry 7? I don't Not know, after Far maybe. Cry 6, in my eyes. Uh, 6 was the first number title that I've actually given a miss. So, yeah. uh and I, it was purely down to actually just having seen some more of the gameplay. It was just looking just as generic as ever. Yeah. Uh, you know, with an ever so slight twist and change of environment. Well, I don't think they've moved on much since 4, in all honesty. But uh, a Far Cry multiplayer title, I mean, for me personally, I, I couldn't give less of a shit, I don't think. It'd be really interesting to see what this actually involves. Because yeah. Far Cry always typically did release with a multiplayer component package, which included some really cool stuff. Like, but that so was it, more co-op rather than multiplayer wasn't it um no you're absolutely right there yeah. were co-op missions and things like that that was particularly in far cry uh three, three which yeah. was a bit more dedicated and then they had to sort of like a drop in drop out co-op for far cry four five and potentially the future ones right but i think that far cry did have this sort of sandbox mode where you could essentially create maps and run multiplayer matches team deathmatch capture the flag vehicle style almost like a halo forge mode where you could create these maps 
And that was always, you know, they were always trying to push that alongside the launch of the game or shortly after the launch of the game. And, you know, in Far Cry 5, they were even letting you use Ubisoft assets from other games. So there were like pirate ships and things that you could import into the game. And some of the maps were literally like swinging between uh, pirate ships on ropes and things like that and actually having to board other ships. So it'd be interesting to see, like, what is this multiplayer thing? Is it going to be a dedicated co-op? Is it going to be a dedicated squad experience? Is it going to be just another one of these multiplayer sandbox things that they push out with every Far Cry? Who knows? Well, when I read multiplayer, I think either a, a sort of arena type jobby or maybe they're going to try MMO. their hand at Battle Royale. <laughs> no, well, our Far Cry MMO would be awful. It would. It'd be terrible. Awful. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> but no, I, I, I can see it being... I can see it being a BR. I can see it. Or, as you say, maybe some sort of squad-based thing where you do, like, maybe more complicated outposts together. Not just, like, oh, yeah, take out the tower, take out the guards, and then go and burn shit. Like, maybe some more strongholdy type things. To be honest with you, the more we're talking about this, actually, this sounds like it could be better than Far Cry 6. (laughs) Because whenever when I've played the Far Cry games, one thing I will say is, the gunplay is good. The controls Gunplay's are good. good. The movement is good. You have a lot of abilities that you can do. You've got running, sliding. You know, you've got lots of mantling options. You've got your zip line. You've got a wingsuit eventually in Far Cry Five and stuff. So, and also very randomly, I like the way that you heal, like the heal animations. <laughs> the heal animations are amazing. They they unfortunately they slimmed down with those over the years. I think Far Cry Three had the most detail, but you'd still yeah. get amazing ones like he'd be sucking bullets out his arm yeah, yeah, yeah. or using a stick to dig a bullet out or, yeah, yeah, or something yeah. like that yeah it was it was pretty cool pretty grisly stuff the the broken finger one was always the disgusting one where the hand comes up and the fingers just misplaced and he kind of like just goes and it goes back yeah. in playing these far cry games this sounds very intriguing to me now actually because as i said the gameplay is really good the controls are great and actually seeing that in a multiplayer thing with a lot more depth into the actual gameplay and just moving away from hunting down outposts and things could be potentially cool. Or at least it's a very good basis for a good game. You have to ask yourself the question, is that what they're actually going to do or is that just something that I've put into the universe that would like to happen? Well, it's probably the latter, but I also hope it ends up being the latter. No, I agree, but I don't trust Ubisoft at the moment. I think that they're going to try and do it on the cheap, try and get as much bang for their buck as possible reusing a lot of assets i can see this being a complete flop actually just to balance it out you know (laughs) it'll be interesting to see i i I have no interest at all in far cry 7 the multiplayer title it's going to be a turn-based mmo it's going to be a turn-based mmo Far Cry but, Tactics. Oh, that'll be what they fucking call it as well. <laughs> or it'd be like Blood Dragon 5. Yeah, I could get behind a Blood Dragon multiplayer game. Yeah, it could be fun, actually. Man, maybe we should work for Ubisoft. We yeah, we need to get, get in the <laughs> ideas room. Shit. No, God, please, no! Yeah, dear me. But no, so they're working on these new titles. It smacks a bit of desperation, as I say. Let's see what they come up with when there's more screenshots, more gameplay footage, a few leaks, maybe. So yeah, so watch this space. And with that, we come to the end of the news. A quick disclaimer just before we move on to Completionist Corner this week. Last week, we ran a story where we stated that sort of reliable Halo leaker Bathrobe Spartan, I believe their name was, speculated that 343 Industries um, will sort of be taken off Halo lead development duties. would still oversee it, but it would probably be likely to hand it out to a third party. Hmm. Turns out that's complete bollocks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolute (laughs) rubbish. 
343 was very quick to respond. Yeah, and uh, Pierre Hintzer, or Hints, the studio head of 343 Industries, stated that uh, Halo and Master Chief are here to stay. 343 Industries will continue to develop Halo now and in the future, including epic stories and more of what makes Halo great. So apologies for the misinformation. We trusted the reliable leak source. And One time turned- reliable. <laughs> exactly. Turned out to not be quite so reliable. So take back there. Our bad, we move on. And now it's time for Completionist Corner. Sting coming soon. Sting coming soon. As we welcome ourselves back to Completionist Corner, we pick up the story from just saving Liara to Sony on Artemis Tau and bringing the whole crew together onto the Normandy, ready for adventure. To save the world! And I guess our primary goal is really to just just hunt down Saren, because he's the one that's causing us all the trouble. We certainly need to kick his ass and tell him no. Tell him what for? Don't be doing that. Yeah, we want to give him a stern telling off, don't we? Enough of the geth, man. They're not that cool. They don't like you. I don't like you either. So, at this juncture, we have one of two options. We can go to either Feros, or we can go to a planet called Noveria. Will, I ask you, where did you go first? I really wanted to hunt down Matriarch Benezia, and I understood that she was on Novaria, and uh, the news on Pharos essentially was just that there was a Geth attack. Yes. So I wasn't uh, wasn't too interested by that. You know, I kill Geth in my sleep. I'm goddamn Commander Shepard. But Benezia, right. though, she had pissed me off. She decided to align herself with Saren, so yeah. she was number one on my shit list. Well... Number two on my shit list, right after Saren. And that's fair enough. Uh, I I was similarly minded. Also, we just picked up Liara, and uh, you know, as we mentioned last week, she is the daughter of Matriarch Benezia, so it also seemed fitting, rather than to just kind of pick her up and be like, yeah, we are going to hunt down your mum, but we're going to go just check out a few things first. Yeah, exactly. No, that makes perfect sense, and uh, sort of correlates nicely with what I did. So, excellent. Excellent. Good, good, good. So, at this point, we then fly off to Navaria. We land in Novaria, and uh, for context, Novaria is sort of a business hub planet, if you like. It's kind of portrayed almost like a tax haven. <laughs> yeah, that, a little. I was about to say, yeah. yeah. In that it has its own rules of business, and there's sort of there's dodgy dealings going on, um, but it's still sort of above board and has its own sort of control and laws system, so it kind of works. If you want to perform some slightly unethical or just extremely unethical experiments, yeah. this is the place to do it. So no, so we land on Navaria. Not a warm welcome. Not a warm welcome at all. Some very upset security people being like, yo, who the f*** are you guys? What are you doing on Novaria? Um, we tell them what we want to do on Novaria. I was very nice about it, of course, saying, sorry, you know, don't want to stand on any toes here. We're just here searching for someone. And I pulled the gun on them. <laughs> I pulled a gun on them. Yeah, nice. of course. I mean, they pointed their guns at me. I pointed my guns at them, and we had a bit of a uh, bit of a standoff. And it finally got called off by the uh, station chief. I think it was that finally said, "Actually, they're spectres. They're allowed to walk around with guns. They're above the law, don't you know?" Saved by the tannoy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was kind of my stance as well was, yeah, it's absolutely, I'm a spectre. Yeah, because they ask you to give you your guns and it's like, uh, I don't f***ing think so. Yeah, right, exactly. Basically, yeah. yeah. So no, so we get saved by the tannoy. Uh, one of the security guards in particular was very unimpressed by this. So I don't think she likes you. But you get in, you speak to the person who saved you over the tannoy, who is a, um, a young lady called uh, Gianna Parisi, I believe her name is. That's right. Uh, and she sort of says, yo, I'm the assistant to uh, the sort of overlord of this place. Uh, it's a chap called Analeas, is a Salarian. And she's all like, well, you're going to need a few things. 
swing by the office later, speak to Analeas, see if he can help you out. So I did. I went and spoke to Analeas. F***ing asshole he is. So you speak to Analeas, he tells you... No, you can't go anywhere. It's all shut down. There's a blizzard. We're not... Shuttles are grounded and you can't do it. And turns you away and uh, you essentially walk around this uh, really lavish looking sort of building. I made a beeline for the bar. I mean, oh, the I hotel can't bar. Lie. That's, that's straight where I went to. Yeah, the first place I went to, too. <laughs> Some space shandies. Shandies? Oh. Space shandy, space cider. I'm surprised the Renegade wasn't going for freaking Jager space bombs, whiskey. mate. <laughs> Jager bombs. Yeah, yeah no, and obviously I was having tap water because I'm Paragon. Other uh, interesting individuals are also in this bar. Uh, in particular, there is a Turian called Lorik Keen who is up there, and he has uh, been accused by Analeas of being corrupt himself, and as a result, his offices are being ransacked by Analeas's men um, illegally. And he says to you that the reason this is is probably because he's got some evidence that incriminates Analeas, which yeah. obviously he'd like to get back. And he offers you a deal. He says, you can have my garage pass, which will let you sort of not leave in the shuttles because they're grounded due to the blizzard, as I mentioned earlier, but you'll be able to get out, use your Mako and drive to where you need to get to. Yeah, get out from underneath Analeas at the very least. Exactly. You can get out of the main facility. And he says, I will give you my garage pass if you can break into my office building and retrieve my data he gives you his pass to get into the building and you set off on your merry way now when you walk into said building you are greeted by a couple of the facility guards if you like yeah the security team now when i walked in i paragoned the hell out of them and just said look guys you're not even meant to be here you wouldn't want me telling your manager would you and they were like look how about this we didn't see you you didn't see us uh, weirdly, only actually works on two of the guards. The rest of them still attack you. Right. Okay. I'm glad you said that because I was. I thought the mine had messed up as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, wh okay. What was your option in terms of getting rid of them? Were you just like Fuck off? Well, it was. <laughs> 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 it was very similar to kind of that that situation I described last week, where I was basically like, "Look, you guys, I'm a goddamn specter." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but interestingly, they said the same thing. How about this? Uh, we didn't see you. You didn't see us. Kind of thing. And then almost immediately, I went straight yeah. into a gun. Fight, no, literally thinking, immediately, yeah. Yeah, what has happened here? Did I did I fail that? Did I do something following the conversation? Like, did the act of my drawing my gun mess something up? I don't know, but... Yeah, no, it's, I think it's scripted. I got the feeling there that they wanted to give you an option to have a passive option, but also didn't want you to miss out on a pretty cool section to have a gunfight in. Yeah, which it was, to be fair. Yeah. Like, you know, just think think having a gunfight in your office building that you work at, for example. I was loving having Liara with me. Her singularity move that you mentioned last week, being able to suck multiple people into the air and towards it is fantastic. Yeah, and it's one of the few powers you don't have as a Vanguard, right? It's true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Funnily enough, I, I ended up going back to Rex and Garrus. Oh yeah, okay. They're, they're okay. my boys, but I did have Liara for a long time for that very reason. But no, very cool, tough fight. Uh, there's sort of two levels. There's the the um, the ground floor and sort of entrance area, and then there's also uh, almost bridges that yeah, sort of run up right, top. Yeah. Uh, so you've got a lot of dynamics in there. But you fight your way through that. You explore every room. You eventually find Lorik Keane's laptop. You get the data. And you're heading on your way back to Lorik Keane. Easy peasy. However, another twist in the tale, Will. Miss Gianna Parisi sort of grabs you in the bar again before you go see Lorik Keane and is all like, I'm actually an undercover cop. I'm trying to take this motherfucker down for corruption. <laughs> Can you have a word with Lorik Keane and convince him to testify? You know, really, really help us out. And again, of course, like like the good paragon that I am, I was like, yeah, of course, no problem. 
after a bit of questioning, you know, make sure it's all above board. But yeah, no worries. What, what did you say? <laughs> she sealed her fate when she said to my renegade character, if you've got any respect for the law, you need to speak to this guy and get him to testify. I was like, <laughs> whatever. Well, you lost me just... there. <laughs> <laughs> Completely sidelined herself and uh, wandered over and just told this guy, here you go, man. Here's the evidence. You go get this guy. <laughs> so Analeas didn't get arrested in your one? <laughs> no, not at all. No, Analeas, uh no, 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 no. There was no reporting of that at all. I just handed over my thing, got my garage pass and pieced out. Fair, okay, yeah. So what actually happens in your situation? Was there additional cutscenes and things like that? You actually see the arrest of Analeas? So yeah, so what happens is uh, you speak to Laurie Keane, you say, yeah, look, I got your evidence, and you paragon the shit out of him, and he goes, yeah, okay, fine, I'll testify. You go back to Analeas's office, you tell Gianna, um, and she's like, nice one, safe blood. And you get a little cutscene where she arrests him, and, and he like try, comes to you and is like, please tell this bitch to stop doing this. <laughs> and, you're, and you're just like, nah, f*** off, mate, go on. I'm paraphrasing. But... <laughs> no, I'm sure that these are what the actual dialogue was. The, the TLDR is that then uh, Gianna gives you the garage pass and you can then be on your way. I think also the other thing that incentivized me is she said that she wasn't able to move large sums of money. Yeah. It's like, so I get the garage pass with you and we do something good, I guess? Or yeah. I get the garage pass and this guy gives me 500 credits. And it's yeah. like, money talks. But either way, whatever you choose to do, the result, as always, in Mass Effect is the same. You end up with a garage pass, you're free to go and explore the rest of Navaria at this point. Road trip, baby! So after a, a pretty quick and easy car ride, you end up in Peak 15. Now, when you first arrive at the facility, there's all sorts of oddness, and there are these creatures that sort of look like bugs. Kind of arachnid-looking. Arachnid-y, yeah. buggy-looking, alien-y, monstrosity-type jobbies. they got tentacles, kind of. Weird, antennary tentacles. Yeah, these are called the Rachni or the Rachni, and uh, they are, well, a previously thought to be extinct race. And what has happened, as you find out, is that the enemy has discovered a thousands of year old egg in a derelict spaceship somewhere. Mm, yeah. Which they found and they obviously wanted to look into it and uh, hatch it and whatnot. And they lucked out massively because not only was this a Rachni egg, it's a queen egg as well. So they could birth a queen and then, you know, potentially have an army of Rachni at their disposal. Not just potentially. That's what these crazy bastards actually tried to do. Thanks to the uh, encouragement of Saren. The encouragement of Saren indeed. And they weren't very successful. No, um, it didn't Well, I mean, I say that. They got part of it done. I mean, they created an army. They definitely made an army. It just wasn't very easy to control. <laughs> uh, by which Will means they couldn't control the fuckers at all. <laughs> no, they were essentially feral uh, at that point. The, the distance uh, of the, the baby Rachni from the queen Rachni essentially made them defective. Uh, by the standards of the company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just wouldn't be obedient. So no, so you do a bunch of sort of pre-stuff, if you want, which involves you uh, turning back on the power so that you can run the tram line that will take you to the inner facility. Where Benezia is supposed to be hanging out. Because we're looking for her to give us some fucking answers. But you do this, you walk up some stairs and you get your first human contact, which is a, a settlement of scientists, I guess. And uh, they are being protected by a chap and his men who you are talking to at this point. He gives you a lowdown of the situation, how the Rachni are, uh, they've escaped the labs and they're just sort of attacking the colony and waves and things like that. You then get interrupted by a wave of Rachni. <laughs> you do. And they come out, you, with the help of these uh, mercenaries, you kill them. 
they're like holy shit, man we can't keep this up you really need to help us and your first port of call takes you through to the hot lab itself. So you get you head down to the hot lab and you meet a lovely chap with a very Russian sounding name. And he gives you a bit of more context into what's going on. Um, tells you a bit more about how the Rachni have gone feral and you don't really know what, you know, they're just completely uncontrollable. And basically the, the whole of this hot lab needs to be purged. And it just so happens... There's a lovely little bomb charge already ready to go. Just needs someone with authorization to press the button and it does. Just a flick of a button and the problem is solved. Now, you offer to do this and you're like, yeah, do you know what? Give me a pass. I'll go do it. You're you're obviously not in a fit state. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And just as he's about to tell us how not of a fit state he's in, he's facing you sitting on a chair, right? And this fucking rachne claw just comes through his chest. Twists. Remember Luis from Resident Evil 4, James? reminiscent of that scene much yes actually yeah <laughs> but yeah this hand just comes through it's really grisly really cool comes through you get a little crunch this guy looks at it in horror and then just dies <laughs> he looks at the massive impalement through his own chest <laughs> and you know a couple of rachne warriors come about you yeah and well no before that he gets thrown across the room doesn't he it's he really does. really cool actually it's quite violent actually that's probably the most violent thing i've seen i mean i know that the game does open with another guy getting impaled through the chest sort of thing but yeah that one seemed more more uh gory than the initial yeah. one yeah it was quite horror gamey yeah but yeah you kill these guard uh, these rachne guards which is sort of the the bigger troops if you like and uh you go over to this chap's corpse you pick up his pass you go and set off the set the charge you get uh, i think it's a minute and a half to get out of there that's right yeah. and uh to stop you and make it more challenging because literally it's uh you walk, come down the lift you walk about 10 meters into the room <laughs> and then there's a second room where the charge is so to make that 30 second walk more sort of tense a bunch of rachne come out of the woodwork and sort of are all attacking you and it's actually quite an intense battle at that point it is and there's also sort of glowing small ones that appear to be radioactive and if they get too close they sort of explode a bit like the sort of the uh the tickers from uh gears of war i struggled a little bit with that actually because there's a lot of opening and closing doors and it would often happen where they would run up to the door then the door would close and then i would run up to the door to open the door and then yeah. it, they would just explode automatically and there was no opportunity for me to not take that hit. Yeah, and there's also very little cover, so you're sort of at the mercy of that, basically. Yeah, and and I was gonna, I was about to say that I guess it kind of makes sense there isn't much cover because they don't have much ranged attacks, but they actually do spit acid at you or something, yeah. don't they? Yeah. The big ones yeah. do, yeah. Yeah. This was the point where I started to decide to level my shotgun. A very wise choice because <laughs> the spread on that helps a lot with the yeah. rachne. But yeah, so the long and short of it is you do eventually get out uh, the bomb does go off and it wipes out most of the rachne that are down there but not all of them because you fight more spoiler alert but it also has the effect of destroying the hot lab so you know running in in sort of the theme of shepherd in this you're destroying a lot of shit like you know even as the the war hero <laughs> paragon, <the> paragon. <laughs> i'm still destroying a lot of shit scorched earth approach here all the way oh yeah it's even worse when you're ruthless it really is <laughs> But sort of through doing all of this and helping these people and exploring their facility, you notice that there's a restricted area sort of at the back of their facility. And now you can get into this restricted area in any number of ways. You can do the way I did, which was sort of helping everyone. You eventually get access to the maintenance area of the facility, which then has an underground tunnel, which leads you a different direction around because the restricted area basically takes you into a basement, which is where Benezia ends up being, right? I'm guessing you just ran through. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just 
wandered straight in. Because <laughs> why wouldn't you? There's much more fun doing it that way. But yeah, so you probably ended up killing a bunch of guards if you assault drones in there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just wiped out an entire force and yeah, a bunch of turrets and bits and bobs. Yeah, nice. Good experience, Gaines. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I leveled up twice during that section. Whichever way you decide to do it, you end up in a basement area and you sort of, you're looking around the corner and you can see an Asari there who looks <laughs> awfully familiar from some of the cutscenes earlier in the game. It's that fancy hat that she's got. That it really is the fancy hat away. that really does it, isn't it? Maybe she needs to wear the hat because her head tentacles are balding or something. Maybe. I mean, it's a very distinctive hat and you never actually see her tentacles, so... Maybe she just has got really little tentacles and she's embarrassed by them. Liara's just there flexing, like, oh yeah, look at my look tentacles. My big old tentacles. Didn't inherit these from you, did I? Not quite a Twi'lek dread, but uh, no. it's close. Lord, have mercy. We must stay focused, brothers. But yeah, so you walk in and you get a cutscene. Now, how did you find the encounter with Benezia, Will? Were you, was it what you were expecting? No, so this was quite a surprise to me, actually, because she seemed sort of, you know, very stern and typical bad arch villain initially. But then over time, she slowly kind of comes to and reveals that essentially she's being mind controlled in a sort of way. Yeah. And what she essentially alludes to is that. It's not necessarily just Saren that's controlling her. It's actually Saren's ship, which is called Sovereign. And apparently the, the more sort of time you spend on this ship, you sort of bend closer to Saren's will, is what she says. Matriarch Benezia initially decided to join Saren in an attempt to sort of quell him a little bit and rein him in, essentially. As time went on, she just became, you know, a massive yes-man, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. She was like Saren's hype man at the end. Yeah, she just got completely brainwashed. Um, and, and that's actually a very important reveal. But then, after she sort of revealed this to you, she sort of snaps back into her indoctrinated phase and... A relatively tough fight then ensues because she brings out Asari Commandos, which are really sort of tough Asari biotics, basically. Yeah, that's right. Along with Geth. And the thing that we've probably glossed over a little bit here is she's actually guarding a tank slash cage thing, which has the Rachni Queen that we mentioned earlier that was hatched from that thousand year old egg imprisoned in it. So I think it's three waves of enemies you have to fight and yeah. defeat. Yeah. Uh, to get to the classic end of video the games uh, and at this point you hit the death blow and you get a bit more cutscene where she basically is completely broken for a bit and she sort of you know doubles down on a few of the things she's already mentioned she tells liara that she's always been proud of her and it's a really nice touching moment calls her a little bird or something yeah some sort of nickname and you sort of say is there anything we can do can we save you like we've defeated you now is this the spell broken and she's like no nah, i'm probably gonna snap back so best if i just die and she <laughs> I think I'd just pull out my gun and be like, yeah, I mean, I know you were mind controlled and all, but you gotta die. I renegated the fuck out of that. <laughs> I mean, you probably did the right thing. But speaking of the right thing, this is this is going to be an interesting choice because uh, what then happens is you you, ascend, you end up speaking to the Rachni Queen. She possesses a dead body of one of the Asari commandos uh, and uh, she speaks to you through this, explains the situation a little bit. You can ask her questions and she's like, you know, yes, the Rachni of the past were dicks and I, I see the error of our ways there. That was a different generation. I'm not going to be like that. Yeah. Yeah. You'll then you then have a choice. The tank she's in is hooked up to this computer and it can be rigged to pour vats of acid inside the tank to kill the queen. This was their sort of fail safe in case shit went wrong. Exactly. <laughs> Alternatively, 
you can raise the tank up and release the queen. So do I need to ask which one you did? (laughs) (laughs) I gave her an acid bath, James. (laughs) It was essentially a case of, there's no way I'm trusting this f***ing bug. (laughs) Despite the fact that like, you have received information from several people to tell you that this is actually an advanced alien race that have mastered interstellar travel, they just, you know, they just look pretty scary. Um, I, of course, saved her, because uh, I'm Paragon. That's what we do. We we mercy everyone, and then they come back and try and kill us later. That's <laughs> Just like Batman. Work. At that point, Neveria is done. We have, we have done what we set out to achieve. We have found Benezia. She's given us some information. We now know that Saren is looking for the conduit, which we already knew. And to do that, he knows that he needs to travel via a different Mass Effect relay called the Mew Relay. And she very kindly gives us coordinates for said relay. However, we can't go there yet because we don't know where we're going. There's no point getting to the relay and then not Just knowing where the fuck in the we're dark. going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you head back to the Normandy and at this point you then get a call from, I forget whether it's the Council or Admiral Hackett or whoever it is. And he says, some shit's going down on another planet called Vermeer. You should probably go check check that out that's hack it we're gonna save that for next week's episode of completionist corner because we were also tasked before this with going to a planet called ferros and uh, this one was a little bit less bougie and a bit more poverty stricken <laughs> yeah yeah currently also undergoing a geth attack exactly lots of geth attacks going on so head to ferros we land on ferros and we're greeted by a bloke who basically says we need you to talk to our leader some shit is going down he then gets killed <laughs> straight away. Very quick. Um, so you fight your way through some geth and you end up at this small colony called uh, Zeus Hope. And these people are just trying to live their life, basically. They're just living on a colony. Everything's gone wrong because of these geth attacks. Their water supply is gone. Their power's out. They, they need some new components and things like that to fix various things around their colony. So you have a quick chat with their leader who tells you a little bit about what's going on. You speak to various members of the colony to get the tasks I've just mentioned. You run around a bit. You hunt some creatures. You find some spare parts that you can give to the maintenance person to fix the power lines. And you reopen the water pipes. All of this whilst killing Geth and uh, sort of dog-type creatures called Varen. Uh, you head back to Zeus Hope at this point. Everyone's very pleased with you, but they're like, look, we're pleased with you, but these Geth attacks need to stop. Can you sort it out? And you're like, huh, grateful much? That's what I was here for. I didn't want to help you guys out. <laughs> well, I, I felt more like I was just being pressured into helping all these guys out before I could get on with my actual mission, which was, uh, you know, to actually quell the Geth attack and figure out why the hell they're here. Exactly. And, and that is what we're ultimately going to do now. But it's worth noting that you speak to the leader who's called Phi Dan, and he is very, very sort of cagey about the colonists and what they're up to and things. And however much you press him, he doesn't give you any answers. He's just like, I'll worry about the colonists. You just go sort the geth out. Fair enough. So we now have access to a lift that was previously closed. We go up the lift, takes us to another car section. <laughs> they just love a good geth killing road trip in they really uh, Mass do. Effect. It seems like that's a good way to space out any of these missions. It's like chucking a car section. Exactly. But weirdly, the running over doesn't do much damage. It's, uh... it's very weird because they ragdoll and, and crumple, don't they? But then they just kind of reassemble, stand back up and yeah. carry on shooting. Yeah, but yeah, it's still cool though. But no, so we get to uh, another section. Uh, you can sort of 
of nip out, go down to a different human camp, and they've all been penned back by the Geth as well. And one of them is a massive bellend called uh, Jong, I think his name is. That's right, yeah. He is not happy with you being there at all and just sees you as interfering, essentially. Absolutely, but um, there's another lady there who champions you. She's like, please go save us. This is what's going on. Like, the Geth are there need you to kick their ass and also while you're at it can you find my daughter I reckon <laughs> yeah. oh yeah my daughter's laying around somewhere um so you and drive a little guy that's lost some stuff on his computer in the office and you need to go find it that's true yes uh chap who's uh he's a mod developer and he wants you to go find his prototype plans and uh delete my browsing history while you're there if you could and for god's sake burn the hard drive after you've downloaded it <laughs> but yeah so you, you pick up these missions you head out Another little driving section, uh, sort of going over bridgeways and things. It looks quite cool, but uh, just running and gunning. And we get into the main facility, and basically what's happened is a Geth ship has sort of attached itself to the side of the building and is now drawing power from the building and has put up force fields to stop people from getting in or out. That's right, yeah. However, what they fail to realise is that there is a exposed tunnel that you can just jump into and uh, you go under the force field and... It's a one-way trip, so once you're down there, you have to shut everything down to get back out. But you know that took me a long time to find. Now I think this was due to probably the uh, like the HDR on my monitor or something like that. But yeah. there were so many dark spaces in that it took me ages to find it. It wasn't until one of my characters finally said, as I got close enough to it, "This is a one-way hop down here." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I figured it out. But honestly, I was struggling to navigate that area. Just how dark it was. I needed to kind of pump the brightness. Exactly. And if you don't know, it's there. Is worth noting as well that just before you get to this section, you do meet uh, that lady's daughter that I mentioned earlier, and she That's sort right. of gives you her pass that allows you to get through certain access doors and talk to a lovely little VI, uh, virtual intelligence, who gives you a bit more information about what the fuck is going on. And what the fuck is going on is it turns out that there is an ancient life form thousands of years old does this sound familiar ancient life form thousands <laughs> of years old that has uh, been living on the planet uh for thousands of years and this creature is kind of plant-based but um still organic and can release spores that essentially can mind control people and kind of make them into kind of like a hive mind <laughs> kind of yeah oh, man, sound familiar <laughs> it does sound very familiar doesn't it weird but no so you find all this out you head down you drop down the little tunnel you find the geth ship and it is as you say it's attached to the walls you sort of walk around you you hack a few terminals trying to find some information you, you find out more stuff about this creature it's called the thorian and basically you get to a point where you've killed all the geth you don't really know what's going on and you find a shutter bay door terminal and you're like that's not going to help me is it there's a pc next to it and it sort of explains how the pressure's fucked and if you give it 31 to 34 psi in pressure and then activate the shutter doors, they will literally just slam closed and cut anything. I think the mechanics note says something like, you know, this is going to take someone's arm off one day if yeah. we don't fix this. Exactly, because it literally says it can cut through metal and anything. You're just there like, hmm, I wonder what I can do with that then. And conveniently, one of the sort of, I guess, the integral structural hooks just happens to be placed through the doorway it's, it's one yeah. of the important ones that means that the whole thing's going to come down if you sever exactly. it <laughs> video games man oh Fucking video games gotta love them a nice little sort of maths puzzle then comes in you have to get 31 or, or 34 but you you get a nice little mini cut scene where you sever these legs and then the thing the geth ship just falls off the building it's quite sweet yeah absolutely yeah i mean the thing is like is like almost half the size of the building itself it yeah. seems that it's stuck onto it but yeah so you 
the force fields drop, you leave the facility. Lisbeth, who is um, the lady's daughter, meets you and you're all like, I found out some shit about you in there. You've been lying to me. Tell me now what's going on. And she gives you more information on the Thorian. And turns out they were experimenting with the Thorian to try and see whether they could use its mind control capabilities to engineer a weapon or sort of use it to create slaves or a functioning army and to do this it turns out that they they set up zoo's hope the colony you helped earlier right above where the thorian lives so the thorian's just been infecting these poor people this whole time so they were a guinea pigs essentially for this mind control race yeah exactly and you're like holy shit man like we need to go that's sort why that. they were so weird exactly it all makes sense now so you head back to Zeus Hope, killing a bunch of Thorian creepers along the way, which is sort of zombified, kind of poisonous type creatures. They are a little bit like the guys that were on Eden Prime that the Geth were sort of impaling through the chest and converting. They kind of just run at you, really. They've got no ranged attacks, do they? They're sort of, they just kind of run defenselessly at you and punch you. Pretty much. I think they can also, when they get close enough to you, I think they can sort of spit radiation at you a little bit. Oh, can bit. they? Okay. But it's not ranged. It's sort of, they just do it. When they're near right, you. right. The shotgun again came really handy for this yeah, section here. Yeah, they're incredibly easy to kill as well. They're they're very weak and they're meant to be. So yeah, once you've met up with Lisbeth, you then drive back to uh, towards Zeus Hope to try and save the colonists. Uh, on your way back there, she hears some nonsense over the radio. That's her mother, um, sort of putting out distress call. She's like, "That's my mom. We got to stop. Pull the rover over." <laughs> Comes flying out the maker. Yeah, just come flying out the maker. Runs down. You can actually drive off and just leave her to do I considered this it. Point. I thought, is this what the renegade would do? Yeah, and probably. <laughs> but, probably. <laughs> but you do miss out on some nice cut scenage, and uh, basically what's happened is Jong, the prick we mentioned earlier, has just gone a bit power hungry. He's been given instructions by his superiors to purge the place, which would involve killing all the colonists and all that, because there's no witnesses, basically. And there's two ways that this interaction can sort of pan out. One, you can try and convince Jong to stand down, but this does require an incredibly high Paragon or Renegade score, which you can't necessarily have at this point in the game um, mm. unless you do some things. Or you can try and make peace or go full Renegade on it, but the, I believe that ultimately the uh, the outcome is that Jong gets killed because he's power-hungry uh, The long and short of it is you then reunite Lisbeth with her mother. She then says... I think I've got a way to save the colonists. I was like, that's cool. Anyway, I've got a shotgun that's really hungry for people's brains, so yeah. I'm going to do that. Exactly. The choice basically is you can throw grenades at the colonists and they'll sort of be stunned and slightly cured from the Thorian's nerve toxins or whatever, or you can kill them all. Three guesses which way I went and which way Will went. <laughs> Everyone was made to suffer. There was too much of a threat. They were too much of a threat there. There was no guarantee that that thing was actually going to really cure them either. It was more just kind of like, yeah, we think it'll work. And I was like, uh, I'm not going to take that risk. No, yeah, as any fine renegade would do. So yeah, so you go back to Zeus Hope. You can either clean up and save the colonists, like I did. Or you can just go around killing everyone. Like I did. <laughs> and yeah, and then you open up a sort of secret area that had previously been covered by uh, ship wreckage or a pipe or something like that. I forget what it is. And you can run down and you go face to face with the Thorian. And this thing is massive, like a big old thing suspended by various weird tentacles to uh, to the side of a building. It also looks like it would uh, not be 
out of place in Remnant from the Ashes as well. That is a very good shout. It certainly wouldn't be out of place in Remnant. Or it looks like it could be the leader of the route. That's right, exactly. It's it's kind of as you described. It's, it's kind of plant-based, still very like organic and uh, alive. Yeah, exactly. And uh, again, going back to the similarities between Ferris and Averia here, this motherfucker clones an Asari commando to talk to you. Just kind of sh- one out right in front of you yeah it's, it's actually kind of gross but you try and reason with it and uh basically the thorian says that saren like came here looking for uh, all this information like uh, he then betrayed me tried to kill me straight away as soon as he got the information i now don't trust anyone so you're gonna die basically yeah and it's kind of yeah the reasons for saren being there he discovered a thing that can mind control everything which also is interestingly you know i'm interested to see just how they connect that to sovereign like, is Sovereign like a giant living organism like the Thorian? Maybe. We'll we'll see. We'll see. But that was the kind of the line that I drew anyway after hearing that was, oh, well, no shit, Saren's interested in this place. It's a mind control alien. Exactly. But funnily enough, it does turn out that's not actually the reason he was interested in the Thorian. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the boss fight first. How did you find it? What, what did you think of this one? Because, again, it was sort of a defeat waves and then do something type boss. But It was actually, it was pretty tough. Uh, the first initial times that you go through this, um, as we mentioned last week, I'm playing this on hard mode, and essentially you're fighting your way through sort of rooms and corridors full of Thorian creepers, and then occasionally as you go through, there are also uh, Asari commanders that keep on getting shot out by the Thorian, yeah. and they accompany them, and that's the sort of the main headache during the fight, because you'll be getting hit with biotic abilities whilst also uh, fighting away the Thorian creepers. Exactly, getting put in stasis the whole time and just drop into the floor it's yeah tough and, and and actually that is a tough fight because on hard mode those creepers did have a fair bit of health uh i was using my shotgun primarily which was knocking them over but not finishing them off so i was having to do a lot of switching between shooting the ones on the ground to finish them off but also stopping myself from getting overwhelmed obviously then made harder by the fact that i kept on getting ragdolled by the asari yeah but we uh we persevered we pushed our way through and the main sort of objective of this fight is to uh as i mentioned that uh, the thorian is sort of surrounded and suspended amongst this chamber by lots of tentacles on the walls you progress your way through the boss fight destroying these tentacles uh, eventually with the aim of knocking it out and sort of crashing it to the ground in the middle of the structure and it takes a lot of time you have to run up various levels there's lots lots of thorian creepers like my goodness so many and more tentacles than i thought i was expecting three tentacles like yeah, just like the good four, old times yeah, there's, there's, there's there's four that could even be five there was definitely yeah. more than i expected i thought it was quite a neat way to to do a boss fight and like the whole thorian falling down the bottom you never actually see it die is it dead no it just disappears yeah doesn't yeah. it It just drops into the abyss but no it's dead it's dead it's very it dead. is dead is it <laughs> very dead yeah and what that does is it frees the asari that had been sort of shat out and attacking you because basically it turns out what happened is saren traded an asari for the knowledge that's right and this is one of uh benezia's mates isn't it really yeah it is yeah. so he was literally just using everyone like this guy's a bastard but and you you have a chat with this sari who's been captured she tells you exactly what saren wanted from the thorian which was basically the ability to think like a prothean because the thorian absorbs nutrients from dead bodies and things and like takes their memories and stuff and the Proth- a bunch of protheans died on 
Pharos. So it was able to absorb all that and get their knowledge and how they think. And the reasoning behind this was so that Saren could understand the vision that you got from the beacon on Eden Prime back at the start of the game. That's right. And it also explains why the vision is so jumbled to yeah. you initially, is you just don't have the mind of a Promethean. And they do kind of insinuate that early on, don't they? And say the technology was designed for the mind of a, of a yeah. Prothean. But it's now sort of just backed up and and basically because the Thorian's dead, you can't then get this knowledge from the Thorian. But because the Asari was ingested by the Thorian at the point where this happened, she can mind meld with you and give you this knowledge, basically. Mind meld. That's a cute word for it. I just call it mind f***ing. You mind bang. And uh, now you think like a goddamn Prothean. Yeah, it's funny you say that because if you do enter in a relationship with an Asari, that is how they bang as well. Yeah, so. I, I, I explored that option with uh, uh, Liara and she yeah. did explain that it doesn't necessarily need to be a physical uh, intercourse to actually uh, to form that connection and even mate with yeah. a, with a uh, Asari. You still get a sex scene there, don't worry. Giggity. But yeah, you get the ability to think like a Prothean. And sort of, she says, what are you going to do with me now? I said you can stay and live on the colony and help the people out. But that's because I had a colony left for her to help. What did you do, Will? I said, close your eyes, turn around, on your knees. I'm about to slug you in the back of the head. And then I did just that. I said, nice. uh, much like my sympathy for Benezia... I had no sympathy for her either. Sorry, and, uh, you're too dangerous to let live. <laughs> Exeguter of justice. I am the law. No trial necessary. Exactly. <laughs> well, you're a spectre now. Makes sense. You're above exactly. The law. I'm above the law. Yeah. Uh, so no. So then Will left this empty planet behind with nothing alive on it at all. Literally and... murdered everyone. <laughs> yeah, literally. And I left behind the planet with just a human colony now released from their imprisonment and no longer working from the company because the company no longer is going to have a presence on there because the Thorian's dead. So after you're finished on Theros, as is customary for a lot of these missions, you end up back on the Normandy and it's time for a quick catch up with the council. If you so choose anyway. If you so choose, which is probably the case for James. He has a good natter with them, catches up, how you doing, have a nice holiday, blah, blah, blah. Tell them the truth about what's gone on, yeah. Now, this is one of my favourite things that I've actually encountered as part of the Renegade thing so far, is the first time you call them, they ask for a status report, and you do have an option to hang up immediately. Yeah. The second time they phone you up, they don't forget that, and they say, Listen, you juvenile bastard, if you try and hang up, before they've even finished their sentence, I clicked on the disconnect again, just because it was so good. And now this third time, it's just kind of like a recurring thing, is it's like, hey, you know, the council are on line one, Commander. You answer to them, and they say, if you try and hang up, isn't it? One more time. Nope. Already hung up again. <laughs> and at that point, even uh, Joker, your pilot, is in on the joke there. He kind of says it never gets old, does it? F***ing around with the council. That's nice jokes. Yeah, yeah I... no, I've been having some fun with that. And uh, you can tell as well that's, yeah, that there's just a nice little bit of humour in there as well. Some sort of more flavour texty renegade options that don't really, you know, contribute massively to your alliance or whatever, but it's just, just funny stuff that you can do. And I think that's some of the scenarios where Mass Effect really does excel. Exactly. And it does, it's very good at adding flavour to sort of mundane situations like that and the difference between paragon and renegade uh, even if you get the same outcome as we've described it's it's quite fun and interesting seeing the differences so good stuff and well remembered because i i'd forgotten that about the renegade option it's great fun but no, so on that note of will hanging up on the council numerous times snub those fuckers <laughs> that is where our adventure ends for this week 
And with that, we come to the end of the podcast. If you've enjoyed what you listened to, then you can, as always, find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you get podcasts from by searching for Total Pod Mode. We also post regular video content of our playthroughs, stream highlights, as well as the podcast on our YouTube channel, Total Pod Mode. You can also find us on Twitter by searching for at Total Pod Mode, or one word. And whilst you're there, you can find me at Mr. Bames, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Bames underscore TPM. And you can find me at Hoodafunk on Twitter, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Hoodafunk. And do be sure to check out the Hoodafunk Twitch stream this week for more Mass Effect. Yeah, absolutely. We've got pretty much my entire playthrough up until this point, so if you want to see some more details on that, then uh, stop on by. And with that lovely plug, we say adieu. Until next week, farewell. Thanks, guys. Until next week. <laughs>